Welcome to another episode of the Eaton at Salt podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marco. I'm Ian. And boy, did we have one heck of a race weekend. I don't think it could have gone really any better than the way it did. But uh, Ian, what are your initial thoughts? How would you feel? I mean, we're back. I've been saying, I think I've said the phrase, we're back, probably 700 times in the last four days. But we are truly, truly back. We're so fucking back. We're so back. Yeah. And yeah, it's not the typical business as usual of Mercedes up top, Red Bull falling close behind. It's, you know, it's, it's switched up, which is awesome. Had some, uh, you know, the the new star. There's just so much to talk about. I'm excited to uh, to get in with you, to get into yeah, bed. Yeah, and and to get into bed, we will quite shortly uh, to talk about kind of the things we're going to be doing in bed. Our sector is coming up. We have our race weekend recap, our good, bad, and ugly, and then our race predictions. So uh, let's just get right into it with our race recap, and we're going to hit on practice and qualifying, obviously, to see how how and what happened to the lead-up of the race on Sunday. Ian, you want to start us off? I will. So we started talking about uh, practice one and two on the last podcast because we recorded it on Friday. Uh, Today is Sunday. So we've seen qualifying, and it was like a genuinely exciting, exciting experience Mm -hmm. to watch qualifying. Uh, Kevin Magnuson was up in P7, just absolutely incredible. Um, on the flip side of the coin, in terms of luck, Danny Ricardo was pretty. Uh, what would you say? Well, give me an adjective to describe Danny Ricardo uh, qualifying and this race. I guess while we're at it, it's like sympathetic. I feel like you know. <laughs> I feel like sad. they always say like Lando was like you know I'm not supposed to feel bad like no drivers feel bad for it. but as a fan I I feel bad. Yeah, uh, that it was tough, man. I think um, he didn't have, in fairness, he didn't have testing experience because he yeah, had COVID. No, agreed. But right. Still, like that McLaren after last season, I you think like even if they took a step back, they wouldn't take a step all the way back to the back of the grid, which it looks like Dude, they, they have. skipped. They skipped they, backwards. They jump, skip, and hop all the way to the back. <laughs> um, and we'll discuss this when Marco talks about Ferrari next here, but all the hype around Ferrari seems to be, like, spot on. They were quick. The car handled around the corners well. No porpoising from what I saw. And it seems like the drivers are super in tune with it. So that's very exciting. And, again, on the flip side of that, Mercedes. Let me just say this, actually. Marco, you were right. The boy who cried uh, wolf. Yeah. Yeah, the boy who I know. Cried wolf had the wolf come, and uh, boy, did nobody feel bad on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually like what helped me is I I read that book like for the first time a couple nights ago, and that's what how I thought of it. Oh, you just read? Uh, yeah, you you read children's books? Go to bed. Is that a children's book? I think so. Dang, dude. Well, it's a pretty good one, and it's got some cool pictures. So. <laughs> Um, all right, what else? We had Valtteri Bottas out-qualifying George Russell. And boy, was that just just the best, man. It, like, you took my seat, but I'm going to out-qualify you in this worst car. Like, good for Valtteri. Yeah. yeah, on Twitter, there was talk about how back last year, Valtteri Bottas and George Russell crashed in Italy um, during the Imola GP. And George said, you know, because they were fighting for P9, he was like, look, you shouldn't be fighting for P9 in a Mercedes. Uh, Marco, do you know where George qualified by chance? Off the tip of my tongue. I mean, it would be, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be 
and he's not, he right? right? Not in a, not in a Mercedes, yeah. right? No, you can't. You can't. But no, he was, no. so he was. Uh, called P9, so yeah, that was just a nice little uh, blast from the past saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, and then the very first chance he gets, he does it. Obviously, different car, but still, for the story, we like the dramatic. So that was that little quarrel between Mercedes and Alfa Romeo. Speaking of Alfa Romeo, uh, Zhou Guan Yu, looking great out there. And then lastly, my point of qualifying, my biggest point of qualifying, I should say, is Nico Hulkenberg. Got the call four days ago that he'd actually be, you know, Stepping up for Sebastian Vettel, came in and out-qualified Lance Stroll. So not saying that Lance doesn't deserve that seat, but it's a little awkward when your reserve driver is coming in with uh, limited practice and out-qualifying you. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks, I think, over on the Aston Martin team. So that and a couple other teams, I think, that we're going to talk about coming up here are... Yeah, I'm going to be a big question mark based off of how the first week goes. But yeah, that was awesome. Very fun practice and qualifying. And kind of getting that started and picked back up. Talking about the actual race, we're going to go down top five in order. Starting with fifth. And our new fifth place, Alpine, I feel like they've, you know, they're used to this kind of spot, fifth place, that we saw a lot around that area last year. Uh, Esteban. Yeah, I think uh, Alpine, he, I think P5. I think P5. Yeah, I, don't, I think it kind of like, it has a nice ring to it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, talking about the drivers, we have Esteban. Had a little bump in with Mick Schumacher at the start, which clearly was his fault because he got a five-second penalty from that. So, uh, you know, making the FIA and the stewards work right off the bat. Other than that, not a bad day. Uh, I mean, I feel like, like we said, we've seen them in this position so much of last year. Seems it's only rightfully so. Um, that And, like, a lot of the times, we their races, you know, I was just like, I don't know what really happened. Alonzo, Ocon, they just kind of are in the back of the around the end 10 area and don't really make too much noise. I feel like that's just their MO, fifth and not too much noise. Yeah. yeah. You tell me that Alpine had a P7 and P9 finish, which they did today, and I'm like, oh, that's a, yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, that's a, right. They'll, they'll be happy with that. That's about right. Yeah, no, right down their alley. And then we'll get the, like, the lucky occasional podium. Yeah, <laughs> right, coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, someone, uh, I, I guess like someone who is not like last year and very different position than they were in last year's Alfa Romeo, who is now our P4 constructor at the moment. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't have thought that I would be saying that, but I'm glad that I am. I P4. mean, these new regulations, like, I think we're going to talk about this more, but like just having like such a fr- fresh new, like shakeup is the most pleasant thing to see. Absolutely. And with likable guys. Like, I, yeah. I mean, Valtteri is basic, a very likable driver in general. I don't think anybody's, like, super diehard Valtteri, but I like that, you know, nobody, like, hates, hates Valtteri. And then the Zhou Yu guy, dude, I don't know if you saw interviews with him, but he looks like a chiller. He's somebody that... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would hang out with that guy. Um, uh, yeah, but as far as their race actually goes... Valtteri, with a great qualifying session, did, like, have a huge tumble down the order. I think it was eight places, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was awesome to see him climb back up. That shows that the car is looking good. But, yeah, four, I think P14 was where he was at, like, lap two. And it's like, uh, what happened there? Like, did he spin out? Uh, besides that, though, yeah. I, I mean, overall, a good weekend for Alfa Romeo. I think, like, 
this Joe guy, he can drive. He got points on his first debut. Um, you know, that, that speaks to the car being good. Valtteri Bottas getting, you know, into Q3, third longest streak in history, um, including past races. So, like, yeah, that's, that's just awesome that he's doing that. And I think there's a lot to be excited about uh, with Alfa Romeo. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that streak, that Valtteri Bottas Q3, 102 times in a row that he's made it into Q3, which is fantastic. Next up, I think he needs to get to 109 to come in second. Um, I don't see this happening. Like, maybe I'm wrong, but like like we said, the shakeup, how, how some of these cars finished, never would have guessed Alfa Romeo up and that towards that stop, top of the starting grid. That's electric, though. What a, what a thing to pay attention to. Like, 100, and he just has to get seven more Q3s in a row. He can do that, but it'd be tough. I hope so, dude. Awesome. I hope so. <laughs> I hope, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Talking about another team that a uh, big surprise that we're seeing in our new third-place spot, we have Haas with Kevin Magnussen, a P5, Mick Schumacher, barely out of the points with a P11. I... I'm very excited for this. I, I I hope the excitement and the first week it doesn't. It's just not a little flash in the pan kind of thing. I hope this is uh, this lasts because Magnuson looked fantastic and it, it really did seem like their car was quick enough to compete with, like maybe a step behind like the Mercedes and stuff. But like it was it was a very quick car and you could you could tell pretty easily. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they're back. This is the beginning of the Haas era. Like, and I, I mean, as Americans, we can't not be all in for that, right? Am I wrong? No, absolutely. And, like, just Gunther, I mean, a fan favorite. <laughs> Everyone loves that guy. Uh, he, is, he is a goofball. So, yeah, uh, that was awesome to see. I feel like ever. I feel like everyone kind of says this about certain drivers. Magnussen definitely was one uh, that everyone would say, you know, he's a great driver, just needs a good car. This might be his first actual opportunity to actually be in a good car. And I hope that is the case. And I actually hope because I, I really thought that he was always a, a pretty strong driver. And hopefully we get to hopefully we get to see it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how he does. He now, uh, here's a little stat for you that I found. Uh, Kevin Magnuson after today, or just sorry, today alone has scored 5% of all of the Haas F1 team points ever scored. Get the hell out of town. Wow. I know he scored more. Yeah, it was like scored more than uh, the Haas team in two years in just one race. Like, my lord. And it was just like you could yeah. tell in uh, in the garage with everyone, like he, he seems to be truly liked by that Haas team compared to seeing like the drive to survive when Nikita was walking around. Like, and he was just like, I don't have any friends here. No one talks to me. And I was like, I, I, don't, I think that's probably a you problem. And it surely was. <laughs> He brought his daughter in. Did you see that little baby? Yeah, he did. Yeah, getting garage. her ready. Cute kid, getting her ready. Get get her in yeah. the seat. Yeah, she's, get Haas, she's maybe. Haas class yeah. of two thousand forty. Cool. Yeah, man, seeing Haas back is extremely exciting. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping that they can get a finish over Mercedes at some point, just because I think that would be an awesome representation of how far they've come. Uh, speaking of Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton P three, George Russell P four. Lewis being a class act per usual, um, you know he gets up on the podium, smiles, talks about how happy he is to see Ferrari back on top. And uh, did you see him ask Charles if he wanted to be lifted up, like onto the podium after the? Podium I did. Ceremony? Yeah. I mean, that was. I was like, I, there's no other drivers that I would see like kind of suggest that. I'd be like, hey, do you want us to to lift you up? I mean, class act, ten out of ten. 
Imagine saying that to Yuki. That would be so mean. Be like, hey, you want up? And then instead of like reaching out a hand, you pick him up by his armpits just to put him up. <laughs> that or the other way around. Yuki's up there and they're like, hey, Yuki, do you mind uh, picking me up? <laughs> and having, having Yuki try to hold up someone would be fantastic television. Just get on my uh, shoulders. Uh, <laughs> hop up. Um, so, yeah, I think they – I mean, they were very lucky today, right? The two Red Bulls went out within the last, like, two or three laps – um, essentially getting them a podium and a P4. Um, very, very lucky. Somehow, again, Lewis ends up on the podium. Just seems inevitable. Like, the race gods are like, oh, he's uh, not, it looks like he's not going to get on the podium. Here's a couple of freak accidents that's going to, like, just sneak him on in there. Um, and so, yeah, that, that happened. Uh, still, like, I think, yeah, from the interviews I heard, they're still thinking that they're way off from, like, the pace of a Ferrari or a Red Bull. Um, so I guess that, yeah, like the, like Lewis said, he was, he wasn't lying when he said they weren't going to be competing for races, you know, at the start of, for wins rather at the start of the season. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they were, again, the, the luck was really in their favor and they have a good boost over Red Bull at least. Yeah. Now it was clear. They were clearly not the third and fourth best car out there that weekend, but yeah, yeah. some shit happens the last 10, 10 laps of a race. And then there we are. So yeah, a lot of work to do. I think they said that they were, there was a handful of parts coming in from Mercedes that they were going to try out. So they don't think that it, it's going to affect them next race, but hopefully give some time to figure some stuff out. So I, it's it's a for me, it's a matter of when, not if. They'll get it figured out. It's just, yeah, how quick they will. But, um, yeah. yeah, awesome to see them, number two. Um, but it is great to see them back at number two competing. And what is very great to see is Ferrari back on top and in a dominating fashion with Charles Clare P1, Carlos Sainz P2. They were clearly the best car this weekend. I think obviously Red Bull was up there, but when it comes to both drivers' performance, Ferrari was, I think, just fantastic. Um, in terms of between like comparing the actual two drivers, it showed on Sunday Charles was definitely quite a bit of, like, a step ahead the entire time. Uh, you can even tell after the after the race they were talking to Carlos, hey P two, and he was. I think the first thing he was said he's like, I got to go back and do homework. Like Charles was clearly a little bit. I was like, did you just won second place, a one two finish for Ferrari, and that's the first thing that he got. So yeah, you could tell that. I think he kind of noticed, but both looked so great. Uh, first time since Singapore 2019 that Mer- that Ferrari has finished one two on the podium. First time you since almost said tw- Mercedes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> used to say that with one two. Uh, yeah, I'm very used to saying that. That is a typical one two finish. Uh, first time since 2018 that they have been in the lead of the constructors championship as well. So there were some dark days there. I think 2019, 2020 really was a dark day, uh, and yeah, you know, made that a uh, made that big leap back, and, and um, yeah, very excited for that. So. That back and forth between Max and Charles was some of the, the most fun laps of racing I saw. Between just most of the time, like these cars now clearly can like like fight back and forth from each other. It feels like a lot of the times last year we're seeing one car pass the other. Like there's, it's very rare you're seeing much uh, much defense and and uh, fighting back. So that was very very fun to watch. You know what it's like. You ever you know when you play like tag on like on the you know on a playground. And, but yeah, then last you week institute we, the rule of did. like yeah last week <laughs> with your yeah. with your team with your coworkers yeah uh, <laughs> yeah 
I just go to the I just go to like an elementary school and I play tag. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. They think I'm cool. They say I'm cool. Uh, my point is, uh, we went off on a tangent. My point is, uh, it's like playing tag with tag backs. Like when you're running around and you like you chase somebody down, you tag them and you run them away. But while you're running away, they tag you back, and you're like, "Well, this didn't change anything." That was basically what Charles and Max were doing yeah. for like three laps. It's like one of them passed, but the other one was like, "Oh well, I let you pass so I could get DRS and pass you." Like that was very, very good television. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was the exact same turns that they were passing each other on. I was just, it felt like I was watching the. It was just very strategic. I was like, okay, like if you're gonna make, you gotta make a move now. I'll let you make a move so I can make that move. It, just like a nice <laughs> little game of chess, you know. It was yeah. fun. There was there was a part of me at one point that was like, we might see this like until the end of the race. Like <laughs> I did too. I was like, how long can this go on for? <laughs> it was like we would have seen like. 30 minutes of just the same, like, cars passing each other at certain corners. And here's the typical pass at turn one. Yeah. Uh, That's when overtakes put you to sleep at that point. Yeah, right, exactly. It's like, all right, we need to change it out here. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that does it for our top five. Other thoughts, rapid fire, that we kind of had that we uh, weren't able to talk about with these teams. Uh, Honda and Mercedes engines both on the hot seat after week one. So, of the last six cars to come across the finish line, every single one of them were Mercedes power units. That is a tough look. And then you have Honda on the other side. Of their four Honda engines, three of them did not make it through the end of the race. So, uh, you're, I, I know they're like the top dogs, but man, uh, some, some tough looks for those teams. Uh, I think the meme of the day that I saw about F1 was like, you know, the Pawn Stars guy meme? And he's yeah. like, best I can do is whatever. The, the driver, it was like all the drivers saying, hey, we need a car for 57 laps. And it was that guy saying, hey, best I can do is 56. <laughs> nice. Nailed <laughs> like, it. Almost yeah. there. Imagine like being one lap away from like a nice points finish. Ugh. And instead your team goes home empty handed and are now tied. Red Bull are tied with Williams, Aston Martin and McLaren with zero points. <laughs> like Red Bull Ugh. and McLaren with zero points after the first week. Yeah, I, I would have just been I would have loved to see Horner and Max in a room just to see how that went on. Like we we clearly saw and we weren't able to actually talk about this a lot, but um, Max was a little cranky today uh, when things aren't oh, performing yeah. his way. Uh, didn't did not like that. Yeah, um, so I always just in a you know comparing type of sports industry and everything that in all of sports you do, but. You see Lewis struggling, you know, he's like, you know, heads up, guys, we tried our best, thanks. You see Max, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. And I wonder, like, again, this might be me being cynical, but I wonder how much of that is just because he knows he's being recorded. Dude, you're, you got to get off. <laughs> you, you think the second he's off these renters, he's like, he motherfuckers. He's like, everybody line the fuck up. <laughs> no cameras, put them. It's the fucking Tom Cruise shit, you know? <laughs> if I see someone without a fucking mask on. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Like, all I'm saying is, I think when it's behind closed doors, 
and it's private matters, he's at least a little bit different. Like, there's no way he's the happy-go-lucky <laughs> Dude, guy he is. Like, you're just, the, I think you're the cynical mad. one, man. You're the cynical one. <laughs> you're like, this guy can't be this nice. <laughs> that probably says a lot more about me. You're right. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> dude. Like, I, bl- I, like, I no. tend to believe in good, you know, no good and harmony. happy. <laughs> yeah, why? You can't be this good at a sport, this nice, this philanthropic. Impossible. Right. I'm uh, not happy, so he cannot be happy. You can't be that much better than me. You have to have flaws. <laughs> but yeah, there is a difference between him doing, like, if he does, which I'm not saying he does, but if he does that behind closed doors, Max just doing it wide up in the open and literally being like, okay, I'm never listening to what you have to say again. <laughs> like, what a okay. stupid, stupid move. I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> Uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, my battery, my battery packet, or like my uh, battery charging is messed up. He's like, looks fine on it, looks fine on our side. And he's like, well, it fucking isn't. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he's literally he's like, an angsty, yeah, dude. He's he's an angsty teenager for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, love it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like all things considered, I get why they're upset. Like I get why he's upset, and I get why Red Bull's upset. They literally, you know, they're probably like the second fastest car on the grid. Um, and they just gave their first place, like, biggest rivals 44 points of a head yeah. start after, after the first race. Like, that is a tough pill to swallow. So, yeah, I agree that, uh, that that garage today is probably a very unpleasant place to be. Even Yeah, even the time that it'll take to catch up to Mercedes. Like, even though they have a, it seems like a much better car, like, unless Mercedes has, like, I mean, scoring zero points, it's just, it's tough, man. So, yeah, tough yeah. start for, for Red Bull, but... They will come back. It's just a matter of when. Um, speaking of kind of a Red Bull, um, not a lot of good things, obviously, but I mean, Pierre Gasly, he was on fire today. Yeah, Pierre Gasly on fire. You're Literally right. on he was, fire. He was on fire. He was almost on fire. <laughs> he was actually on fire. Yeah, his car uh, went up in flames and pretty quickly. <laughs> he jumped out of that car uh, in a hurry, and I would have too because, yeah, there was a, they were building up pretty quick. Imagine something, like, it's not easy to just, like, hop out of an F1 car, and imagine, like, being, like, relatively, like, they're pretty snug in there, like, being snug in something that is filled with gas and fuel that's on fire, like, that has to be the most, like, smelling the fire when you're like, oh, I'm in literally a rocket that can explode if the wrong, like, if the wrong thing's exposed, like, yeah, I, like, that has to be the most adrenaline-packed, like, 10 seconds of your life is getting out of there and running away. Just hearing the mic being like, hey, uh, you got to get out of the car right now. It's really getting bad. Like, okay. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to those radio communications to be like, I would hey, love hey, to don't hear freak that. Out, yeah. You need to get the fuck out of the car right now. Right now. <laughs> like, get out. Immediately. <laughs> I can't start it back up. No, you will explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Gasly on fire. Uh, I mean, that's basically all I have. Like Yuki wasn't uh, bad, dude. Yuki wasn't bad. Yuki PA. Good for Yuki. Yuki dog. Yeah. Um, all right. Basically, may I, I think like main takeaway, um, the last thing that I wrote down here is just like the regulations worked, right? Like the it's this is fun racing. What we saw today, like yeah, it was a good track. It was a super like overtake friendly track, but that was a good ass race to watch. And a lot of that was just because these cars can follow now, which is which is nice. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. It's a great omen for races to come. Uh, and I think uh, do you have anything else to talk about? Race wise, uh, I will say uh, snaps. 
for the stewards and the FIA because it looks like they figured out how to properly let cars through on a safety car, uh, something that they were not able to understand in 2021. So great start for them in 2022. So I did want to give my little shout out to, to the boys there. Yeah, man, they were getting skewered on Twitter for like five minutes. It was just brutal. <laughs> Everybody yeah. was like, really? You figured it out now. Right? You figured out one race. <laughs> Look how this late. is properly done. You follow the rules. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, there's your weekend race recap. Um, and in, in a way to kind of sum everything up, Marco, let's talk about our good, bad, and ugly of this past race weekend. But before we do that... We'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor for this sector, ZipRecruiter, spas, movie theaters, comedy clubs, Formula One teams, all businesses understanding that the post-COVID world means millions of jobs that need to be filled. So where do these businesses turn to fill roles fast? ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Asphalt. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to 100 top job sites, giving you access to their millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's AI technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively sends them to you. They gave us some uh, heartwarming stories here. So when John D. from Montana realized that his ranch was in need of extra hands, he turned to ZipRecruiter, and within four days he found Jamie, a worthwhile cowboy, to add to the bunkhouse. Walter W. down in New Mexico needed a hand in his chemistry lab. He was on a time crunch, and ZipRecruiter delivered Jesse, his new business partner, within eight days, no interview needed. And those two aren't doing business anymore, but they had a hell of a run. Darth V from a galaxy far, far away needed to locate some lost friends. ZipRecruiter came to the rescue and found Boba, the best man for the job, in just one trillionth of a light year. And most recently, when Gunther S. from North Carolina was in need of replacing a race car driver due to the Russian invasion of an Eastern European nation, who was their ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter found a Danish man named Kevin in Miami, and within two weeks, Kevin helped that little old race team to their best result in almost four years. Go now, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Asphalt. ZipRecruiter, the smarter way to hire. If that is not a fantastic ad that would make you want to use ZipRecruiter. I don't know what will. I mean, you, they clearly provide results. Yeah, results. I mean, demonstrable results at that. Yeah, fantastic. All right, let's get into our good, bad, and ugly of the weekend. All right, I will go first. All right. Okay, my good, <laughs> I start with the positive. My good is practical jokes. So on the last lap, Charles Leclerc is leading the race, about to get Ferrari their first win since 2019, radios into his garage and says, hey, there's something strange with my engine, and like a panicked voice, literally just to mess with the garage, which is hilarious. Like, you should have you should have fun in that scenario. It's good to see he's like soaking it all in, like just trying to extract all the joy from this. You know, comfortable lead, about to get a 1-2 car looks quick which is nice for the rest of the season like literally no more perfect of a start could be had for ferrari it's like perfect time to give them like a hey it's like oh my god guys this is all gone it's like the, the ferrari the the tifosi would expect that be like yep sounds about right but yep. good on charles for keeping it light even in some very strenuous and uh, tense circumstances uh, my bad is red bull marketing which is weird to say because usually red bull kills it at marketing uh, but not today. The story that I'm referring to is Red Bull Powertrains, which is F1 language. 
it's Formula One and E's uh, for Honda. Uh, so Red Bull, if you don't know, bought out Honda's engine operations to add to their team and have recently been trying to rebrand it and kind of take credit for it by calling it Red Bull Powertrains. Uh, been a coordinated effort between like drivers, principals to kind of like rebrand what is actually Honda to being like, hey, this is ours. Uh, and during that Red Bull powertrain debut, so the first performance uh, under their new name, like Marco said earlier, 75% of the cars did not make it to the finish line, and it was not because of crashes. So, very like just beyond tough look to be like, hey, we're starting fresh. Like we're you know this this is the new us, and the new you ends up with three out of four of your cars and not finishing the race. Uh, I'm gonna put a little tinfoil hat on this uh i'm pretty sure powertrains was kind of picking it taking a ton of mercedes employees what if i don't know they say hey you know we're gonna accept this sabotage go back to mercedes oh okay now we're getting somewhere yeah dude toto is just like oh the entire time like i knew you were gonna do this you little fox Dude, he has like six different molds. It's that are Trojan like horse, that positions. shit, dude. Yeah. Just be like, oh, it, hap- it just so happens that your engine doesn't make it to the end of the waist. He has like a little red button that he can turn off their engine <laughs> at any point. He's like, oh, oh, shoot, the last lap, such a bummer. Boop! <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I would be, obviously, I'd be surprised, but it'd be like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like, totally. Yeah, dude. Sense. Like, and on and off I mean, like, everyone, goodbye, except for you. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. If, if you asked Horner, he'd be like, you know, I, I don't blame him. I'd do the same fucking thing if I had the, uh, the ability. <laughs> exactly. uh, just torment uh, him. <laughs> all right, and moving on to my ugly. My ugly is Nicholas Latifi. Slash Williams. Uh, looks like they've taken a step back, which is hard to do after the last couple of years that they had. But they were on like an upward trajectory last year, um, and yeah, his fastest line that he fastest time that he pulled off uh, in one lap was about a second slower than Alex Albon's. So like that's that's tough. Albon's new to the team. Nicky's not. I know it's a different car, but still like showing that much of a disparity on the first race, I think is tough. And yeah, I, I like. I think it's almost—it's not time right now, but it's almost time for uh, like Nicholas Latifi's time in Formula One as, as you know should wrap up because he doesn't bring a lot on track, and then he's the biggest dud I think on the grid from an off-track standpoint. Like his interviews are always brutal to watch. Yeah, I completely agree. It's only money only gets you too far. Like obviously, got to be pretty damn good to get there, but once you're there. I think there's been a little bit of disparity in an actual terms of talent, but alas, tough look for, for them, tough look for Williams in general. But great, good, bad, and ugly. My good, bad, and ugly is the good is the, the unknown. Like, I know we kind of said it this week. I know we kind of talked about it earlier, but if this week proved anything, it's that we have, like, no idea how this season is going to play out. There's... So many like major things up in the air. When and if Merck can be competitive with the other two, were McLaren and Aston Martin a flash in the pan for you know a quick year or two? Is Haas is is Haas and Aston is Haas and Alfa Romeo legit? Uh, so just a lot of like unknown things that are new to to our brains. The first we're seeing for the first time in a long time or first time ever. So uh, that has been just a pleasant pleasant sight for me. 
The bad is going to be, I don't know about you, but the fucking graphics I thought were terrible. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm like just in general not into change much. And if you change something that I like, I get like uh, sad about it and mad about it. And so, yeah, seeing that, it was a little bit like, hey, turn it back to what I know. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I will get used to it. This is just one of those things where it's like sucks at first, but eventually you, you come around to it. Yeah, I agree. I think the hard part is there's two main ones that bothered me. One, like the team radio, sometimes when they put the language up there, they were using colors that I could not read compared (laughs) to like the black background. I was like, I don't know what he said. Yeah. That and then it's the the drivers. Like I would like to easily look, be like, oh, how are the McLarens doing? They're 8 and 11. I'm like, now I have to, like the number font, same, like having the same font of numbers. Is not going to be like, oh, I can easily tell the Red Bulls yeah. are 8 and 10. No, you're right. Like, when you when they just have the numbers, which they did, like, yeah. intermittently, like, that that sh- that stuff is really, like, yeah, makes no like, sense I, to me. I'm going to have to analyze these fucking fonts. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, but my ugly is going to be these weak-ass pit stop guys complaining about how heavy these tires are. I'm tired of it. Like, they're like, oh, pit stops are going to get slower. Uh, maybe... You know, like, I would I would just say I will gladly take one of their roles if they feel like they're not up for the task. Because yeah, I mean, you're right. Next I mean, up. like, these bad these bad boys right here, they can sling some rubber. So uh, if anyone that's just like, these tires are too heavy, I'm out. Tap, tap me in, coach. I'm ready. I'll fly out there tonight. How much do you think they weigh? You think you could bench uh, with one of them on each side? I could uh, at least one. <laughs> how, how many tires would you bench? It's like how many plates, but how many tires? Seven tires. Seven tires on each side. Uh, maybe like three, three and three, and then one in the middle, on top. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or maybe it's that's on my feet, so like I'm doing a plank in it. Okay. All right. Nice. Well, we will set that up. All <laughs> right. All right, good luck trying to get five Pirelli tires. <laughs> but once that happens, sure, I'll try. <laughs> good stuff. Well, wonderful, good, bad, and ugly. I think many points to be taken from this weekend. Um, speaking of this weekend, we are going to wrap up this episode of the podcast with our race predictions. Um, do you want me to go first since, spoiler alert, your boy took the cake this weekend? <laughs> Fine, whatever, dude, go. All right. Um, so, uh, as it stands right now, fresh season, 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, it's not 0-0 zero, zero after we get to the end of these predictions, but we'll start off. Um, who did we think will crash or DNF? I picked Mick Schumacher. And I went with the other Haas, Kevin Magnussen. Teammates both made it to the end. Good on them. I was listening to Gunther talk, and he was like, yeah, we didn't. He's like, last year we didn't make it around, like, half the race. And I was like, oh, yeah, Nikita crashed out on the first (laughs) lap. But anyway, no points for either of us. Uh, Winner, I picked Max Verstappen. And I went with Carlos. So close. Charles Charles took the cake. Yeah, very close, both of us. Uh, Last place, I went with Zhou Guan Yu. I went with Alex Albon. Driver of the day, I thought it was going to be Carlos. Uh, and then I thought it was going to be Max. And, yeah, we did a little flip-flop on the winners and that, and then uh, both were on again. And douche of the day, our sponsored race predictions, sponsored by Summers. 
Eve, I was going to pick George Russell, Russell, Russell. And I went with Yuki Sonoda. Uh, a little angry at times, but definitely we're going to have to go with the douche of the day. Clearly, Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. He was the only one that made contact with another driver. Our next race prediction was our wild card prediction, just something that doesn't happen all the time, and we were going to say just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and see if anything stuck. Uh, my race prediction, my wild card prediction was that Haas would end up in the points. I'm not sure if I can ever use that again because I don't think it's going to be that wild of a prediction anymore. It does not seem like it. Yeah. Uh, so that makes it. I mean, you had there was a big arbitrage and what how this season was going to play out, and you took a. A good position on that, so nice. Nice. I went with Lewis Hamilton does not podium, and George finishes better than him. Uh, one of those should have happened with him not podium, but uh, yeah, those last laps, those last lap theatrics uh, really gave Lewis that that podium. So good for him, but George finished just one behind him, so missed out. If I had a nickel for every time I put a parlay down, like you saying that George was going to finish ahead of Lewis and Lewis was not going to podium, uh, yeah, I, I hit zero two on parlays. That's like the Ian special, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, our next race prediction was who would get fastest lap. I went with Lewis. I went with George, Jorge. Jorge and Charles picked that up. Speaking of Charles, though, I got my second point by uh, claiming that Charles Leclerc was going to be on pole, which he was. And my guess of Lando, I think maybe I don't use that one anymore. Maybe I use Lando pole for wildcard prediction. That might be a smarter move. It might be uh, drifting down towards the last place race prediction territory. Where you get? <laughs> Jeez, yikes. They're yep. bad, man. They are a bad Tough. team, and it sucks to be a McLaren yep. fan. Yeah. Well, that does it with our race predictions. Obviously, that if you add up the scores, we have Ian 2 with myself 0. Uh, so, you know, it was early. I was down last year, kind of similar to this. You know, nothing that I'm not used to. So, good start. Congratulations on the good week. But, uh, yeah, I'll get after it week two. Sounds good. Well, that's all we have for this episode wrapping up the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. We're in for an awesome season. I think nobody would contest that just because of what you know the, the racing that we saw. It's going to get very exciting, and luckily we only have to wait about seven days to see the race in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. So we will have something out for you very soon talking about Saudi Arabia and Jeddah again. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. See you, assholes. <laughs>